the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And happy holiday season to everyone, and welcome to our show. You know what? I love this show today. I do. Because to me, our future is all about young people with disabilities who want to speak up, speak out, and be leaders. Because if we don't have young people out there following us, what's going to happen? So today you're in for a very special treat because we have as our guest Tim Finnegan and Jamie Laurie, part of the Kids Speak Up, Speak Out program with the Epilepsy Foundation. And you know, if you don't speak up or speak out, you can't change the way people think. So first, Tim and Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you. So let's start with this, Tim and Jamie, but we'll start with you, Tim. Um, How about you tell our listeners, when you you first found out that you, like me, were a person with epilepsy, uh, when was that? When was it that you first found out? Well, actually, my parents and I first found out when I was born uh, that I had it instantly because I came out with a lack of oxygen and Shortly after that, I experienced high fevers, and eventually my first round of seizures, and which was a uh, grand mal seizure at the time. And uh, I guess mentally it really didn't sink in until I was about in kindergarten when I was just like, hmm, I wonder why I keep blinking out 16 times a day. And how about you, Jamie? When did you find out about your sister Erin, that she had epilepsy? Um, she was diagnosed about four years ago. Um, she was at a school school carnival with a friend. And the next thing we heard was she had fallen off a chair and was not responding. And, and that's when you first found out that she had epilepsy? Correct. Actually, she was, um, she was misdiagnosed for about a year. They told us that she was having ocular migraines or there was something else going on. And then about a year later, they told us that she had epilepsy. But we had our, our um, suspicions from the very beginning. Well, Tim, when you found out that you did have epilepsy, you know, as you were getting older, how did this make you feel, that you were growing up and that you knew you were different than other people and you were a person with epilepsy? How did you feel about it? Well, I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I knew that I had it, and I knew I was different than other people, and I felt different for a while. But I always tried to tell myself that I was going to be like other kids in the sense that I was going to have the same opportunities that everyone else had. And I was going to do all that I could to obtain those, no matter what it was, playing sports, being in clubs, going to summer camp, anything. I told myself I was going to do it, and I was even going to do it better. Wow, what a great attitude that is. And, you know, if you just joined the show right now, we're talking to two young people about epilepsy. I just want to remind you, remember, I am a woman with epilepsy. That is how I almost lost my life many years ago as a result of an accident I had that was caused by a seizure. But... If you don't talk about it or if you don't want to be like everyone else, it does set you back. Jamie, how about you? How did you feel when you found out your sister had epilepsy? Um, At first, myself and uh, my entire family were kind of in shock um, because my sister, um, you know, she was 10 years old when she was diagnosed, and she lived 10 years without having a seizure. 
and then all of a sudden she was having seizures, and we didn't know what to do. We, we didn't know anything about epilepsy. We didn't know how to, how to best help her. Um, and so at first we were really in shock, but as the years went by, uh, we started learning more and getting involved, and my sister really just kind of took it and, and rolled with it. Um, and she's been getting involved. She's involved with uh, the local Cincinnati Epilepsy Foundation that um, is around where we live. And um, we've really just kind of tried to embrace it as much as we can and use it to make a difference, not only in my sister's lives, but in the lives of the people that are that are around her. That's wonderful. Well, we have a question here from Michigan from a Tony, and I'm going to give you this question, Tim. The question is, Tim, uh, I have a question for you as a person with epilepsy. What do you do when you feel as if your family does not support you? Well, I've never really had that problem. <laughs> my family my family has always supported me in anything that I've ever done and in fact they've always pushed me to, to do more than what I set my goals for and uh always inspired me to always do better and live life to the fullest because that's what God intended us for everyone to do. So what would you do if your family didn't support you? They didn't support me? Wow, that'd be that'd be a different kind of world. But uh, I guess I would I would just say I mean I feel I'm a pretty strong person, and uh, I mean I I would be ready to go. Yeah, I I have to say this about that. First of all, that's terrible if your family doesn't support you because it does make a difference. I mean, when you have a very supportive family, it makes life so much easier. But if you are in that terrible situation, then you're going to have to do what Tim said. You're going to have to just be a strong person. I know that's hard, easy for me to say, right? But you're going to have to try to move on because if not, you're going to be in worse shape. You know, uh, Tim and Jamie, me, myself, I have tonic seizures, which is very similar to a tonic-clonic seizure, known to many of our listeners as a grand mal seizure. Uh, Tim, how about you? Would you describe your epilepsy and what it's like and if you have an aura? And, Jamie, after that you could talk about Aaron. Well, epilepsy for me is something that's around my childhood and had many seizures, including the tonic-clonic grand mal seizures. Uh, After having so many, at one point I could tell when I was about to have one. It would start with kind of a throwing-up sensation followed by gradual loss of feeling throughout the body until I couldn't speak, but I could still see what was going on, and I would just kind of black out. I never let epilepsy define who I was. In fact, I think of it as an obstacle placed to me by God to make me into a stronger person, which has made me into the person that I am today. And how about you, Erin? My sister. I mean, Erin. What about (laughs) Erin? My sister has... um, Simple partial seizures, complex partial seizures, and secondary generalized seizures. Um, she's also experienced um, a tonic-clonic tonic clonic seizure before, but those three are the three that she has the most. Um, if she doesn't really have an aura, uh, sometimes my youngest brother can tell when she's about to have one, um, but that's only every so often he'll just tell her to lie down if she needs to go to lie down, and he'll go and get my parents. Um, but really, she'll be talking to us one minute, and the next minute she'll start seizing, so... We don't really know. Well, you know, what I have to say about that is uh, there are many, many different types of seizures. Uh, 
You know, some people have an obsolete seizure where they're just sitting there and they look as if they're staring off into space for a few moments, but they are having a seizure. As was mentioned, people have simple complex or uh, tonic-clonic seizures. The tonic-clonic, as I said before, is known to to many of you as a grand mal, but the correct name is tonic-clonic. But this is when you fall to the ground, you're unconscious, very rigid first, and then you have a convulsion. Although... I have a tonic seizure where I fall to the ground very rigid but do not have a convulsion. And you know then there's the complex partial seizure. And what my point is, if you're listening to the show today, there are many, many types of seizures. And if you are experiencing a problem and you're not getting satisfaction, do not just go to a primary care physician. Go to a neurologist that specializes in epilepsy. Go to a specialist if you're having any concerns, so you know what really is going on. Because that's what happened to me. My epilepsy was misdiagnosed when I went to a physician that was like the family care doctor, and I didn't know I had epilepsy till I had an almost fatal accident. But there are so many different types, and there are over 3 million Americans who have epilepsy. So, you know, the person you could be working with or sitting by at school, many people have epilepsy, but you know it's a hidden disability. So a lot of people don't want to talk about it. Let me ask you this question. Tim, were you ever bullied at school? And if so, how did you handle it? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, of course, at elementary school age, I mean, you're going to be different. If you're even different in any kind of way from any other person, of course you're going to be singled out and bullied. But my dad always told me to be strong, and those people that made fun of me will probably never aspire to anything anyway. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but but he always told me to, to never let anyone tell me that I was any different than anyone else and to never worry about what people thought about me. Well, you have a really great family. I can tell you that. But those people are losers that made fun of you. How, how about you, Jamie? <laughs> Did you ever see any of this happen to your sister? Um, I never saw it personally, um, but I was one of the ones she would come home to when it did happen. Um, my sister and I are six years apart, and so I've been through the teenage years, and so I can help her with things like that. But when it comes to being bullied because she has epilepsy, that's that's kind of a difficult area for us for me to be there for her. Um, I guess you could say the most defining moment for bullying was when she had. Um, a grand mal seizure or tonic-clonic seizure in the cafeteria during lunchtime mm-hmm. um, in junior high. And junior high kids are mean. Um, and after that, she stopped getting invited to parties and she stopped, um, a lot of her friends stopped talking to her because they were scared and they didn't know what was going on. And so um, really the best thing we could do for her was just to kind of be there. I mean, we couldn't really, my family couldn't really relate to her, but the best thing we could do was to be there for her when she was upset. And that is so terrible. I mean, people can be absolutely, absolutely ruthless. They can. Mm -hmm. And you know what I say again. I just was with a group of high school students with disabilities, and I told them, the person that makes fun of you is the loser. Because the only person that does that is someone that has very low self-esteem and does not have any courage. Because, you, you know, when you bully people... That's just really showing how low you are. That's so terrible to do that to anyone. And, you know, if that does happen to you, you know what you need to do? Get other friends. Get new friends. Get people 
that will help you get involved, be an advocate, do what these two are doing right now. So, Jamie, what advice would you give a teenager whose sister or brother is not being invited to a sleepover for that reason, because he or she has epilepsy? I think um, while you can't, well, they can't necessarily relate personally because they may, they may not have epilepsy, I think every teenager goes through a, t- a period of their life where they're being bullied. And I think that if you're able to discuss those kind of, those kind of occurrences with um, a sister or brother who has epilepsy, then you two can relate on that level where everyone's been bullied once in their life. And so the best thing to, be, to do is to just be there to support them and to listen to them and to, to let them be upset about it and then also be there to help lift them up afterwards. How about you, Tim? Do you have any other comment about that? I mean, the best thing to do at that kind of situation is just to really expand out and find other people that you can relate with, not necessarily people living with disabilities, but just people that accept you for who you are, and that's the kind of environment that you need to be placed in. Right. Organizations, I mean, I know, like, in younger years, uh, Boy Scouts was a huge thing for me because, uh, I mean, on every camp out, I mean, growing up, I mean, you bring the dad along, so uh, that's always good. But, but I mean, I thought through that and, and playing sports, there was a real acceptance because there's a team-oriented kind of mindset, and everyone supports you in that way. Well, <clears throat> we have a question for you, Tim, uh, and then I have one for you, Jamie. The question for Tim from Philadelphia from a Linda is, Tim, how did you feel when you first started having seizures and realized what it was? Was that a extremely scary feeling to you? And if so, are you now over that feeling? Oh, I tell you what, the first time that uh, I realized what was going on and uh, what was happening to me every time I was having a seizure, I mean, it was a scary thought. I mean, I, I didn't know what was going on, and I really started to question things on why was this happening to me. And But later on, I was able to uh, just get over it. I thought it was a part of just a part of everyday life, so I just treated it like that. And nowadays, I mean, I can, I can hardly remember having one. Well, you heard that from Tim. And if you're listening to the show right now, you're listening to Tim Finnegan and Jamie Laurie with Kids Speak Up, Speak Out from the Epilepsy Foundation, two leaders that are trying to make a difference for other young people. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with both of them. Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? 
Dad, how long should I wait for you? Mom, if I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's Every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. And if you just joined us, we're talking to two great young people who are trying to make a difference by speaking up and speaking out for the Epilepsy Foundation. First, we have Tim, Tim Finnegan, who he himself is a person with epilepsy, and Jamie Laurie, who is the sibling of a young woman, girl in school with epilepsy. And we'll start with you, Tim. Do you want to tell everyone where you live, where you're from? Well, I live in uh, Haysburg, Mississippi, and I attend uh, the University of Southern Mississippi, and originally born in Mobile, Alabama. And how about you, Jamie? Um, I'm from Westchester, Ohio, and um, I am in the process of transferring to Ohio State University, and I was originally born in Lexington, Kentucky. Well, our next question actually is for you, Jamie, and that is, how did your family get over acting afraid when you saw your sister have a seizure? Well, to be honest, um, at first we were pretty shocked um, as, as far as the diagnosis for my sister, but um, my family is not the kind of family to take things sitting down. Um, we're very proactive, and so um, we decided not to let ourselves be afraid anymore, and we started doing research um, and getting involved with local advocacy groups and uh, the local Epilepsy Foundation. And uh, we really just went from there, and it was really our, our ultimate goal was to 
educate the people that my sister was going to encounter on a day-to-day basis um, so they wouldn't be scared as well. And they could, um, in turn, educate more people around them, and it would just continue to go around like that. <clears throat> well, that's really good because education is the key to all of this. Definitely. And uh, also, Tim, we have a Larry from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, Tim, a question that I have. When you're talking to your friends, how do you explain epilepsy to them? Do you talk about the seizure, um, or do you not talk about your epilepsy very much to your friends? Oh, that's one of the uh, the first things I talk about when people meet me, uh, especially when I got to college and, uh, you know, just making sure that uh, everyone knew about it, you know, because, I mean, even though I haven't had a seizure for eight years, it doesn't mean that they're, you know, gone permanently. I mean, something could happen, and uh, they would have to know what to do, and, most of the time, people are pretty interested to know uh, what happens while someone's having a seizure, so it's never been a problem to really mention it. And as you can hear from Tim's voice, he does have a broadcast voice. And Tim, I remember when I met you in person at in Washington, D.C., with that National Youth Leadership Organization. You, don't you want to pursue a career in this area? Is that what you want to do? I do. I, I would really like to be able to uh, cover sports for my life. I mean, it's, I live and eat it every day. <laughs> That's why we call you Tim ESPN Finnegan. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, I'm really proud of what you're doing, and my next question relates to that. Um, what made you decide to become an advocate? Many people have epilepsy, many young people, but a lot of them don't want to talk about it. Many of them keep it hidden. You know, what made you decide to become an advocate? I decided a long time ago that I wanted to make a difference in the world because I felt that I needed to pay back everyone, not just not just people around me, but everyone, for the support and the love that I received when I was having seizures on a regular basis. But now that I'm seizure-free, I feel it is my duty to do better for others so that they may be able to live a better life just as I have. Well, you are an awesome young man with a tremendous attitude. How, how about you, Jamie? What made you decide to get involved? Well, um, to be honest, it was just my sister was going through a lot when she was first diagnosed. She went through several different medications, um, and it made her it made it hard for her to be the, the bright and, and bubbly girl that she was um, and that she is now today. And, um, and so really I just wanted to, uh, to get involved, to make the difference that she wanted to make but couldn't at the time. Um, and once her medication, uh, we sort of had our medication locked down and she started getting involved, she just sort of inspired me to continue to be involved. Um, and my mom always says this about me, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to be in the club, I might as well be the president. <laughs> so, Hey, that's good. We're glad you're doing this. We are. We're very glad that you're doing this. Um, Tim, from a Walter in Houston, Texas, the question is, Tim, what would you say, in your opinion, was the, your biggest obstacle to overcome in reference to being a person with epilepsy? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Biggest obstacle. Um, well, I would say growing up, Playing sports was uh, was a big thing because of the, uh, the the risk I ran with uh, you know dehydration and everything and and then 
just being able to uh, be on the field and be able to stabilize everything and like keep up with the medications in order for me to play on a regular basis without having to be like, oh my god, you know, playing baseball, here comes a fly ball, am I about to have a seizure on the field, you know, and uh, cost the team. So that was a that was a pretty big thing. And obviously, you did overcome that. I was able to. How about you, Jamie? What would you say is your biggest obstacle in knowing that your sister has epilepsy? What's the hardest part for you? I think the hardest part for me is seeing my sister have a seizure um, because she is my sister, and I do love her. And, um, you know, I've, I've gone through training, and I know what to do, and I, I know how to take care, take care of her, and there's always that adrenaline rush, I guess, because you want to make sure that she's 100% safe when she's having a seizure. Um, but afterwards, I really sort of break down. It's really difficult for me to, to see my sister struggle with something like this. Um, so I guess that's definitely the hardest part for me is just seeing it firsthand and watching her go through the struggle on a daily basis. Well, let me tell you about that. It's always worse for you than it is for us. This <laughs> is what I always tell people. When you have epilepsy and you have a seizure, ironically, I have a little bit in common there with uh, Tim because what would happen is I get nauseous. I get this very unusual feeling. So I know if I'm going to have a seizure, I know when I get that feeling, that's it. But I get this weird feeling in my stomach, which is, by the way, accompanied by vomiting after I have a seizure. But when you have a seizure, you're unconscious for, you know, one minute to three minutes, whatever it is. But then when you come back to, yeah, you may be tired or you may be disoriented, but other than that, you're fine. It's everyone else that's hysterical. So my, my best way of explaining this is, think of it this way. If there's a terrible storm, the first thing that goes is the circuit breaker. What happens? All the lights go out. That's what it's like when you have a seizure. It's this surge of electricity. All the lights go out. But you know what? Here's why that fits all of us. We just have more firepower. <laughs> so, you know, remember, as the video states that the Epilepsy Foundation has put out, don't freak out. It's worse for you than it is for the person. Wouldn't you agree with that, Tim? Totally. So, I mean, I know it's hard, but I'm telling you, it's worse for you than it is for the person who is having the seizure at that time. So, Tim and Jamie, we'll start with you, Tim. Knowing all this, why do you believe that many young people with epilepsy will not tell anyone they have epilepsy? Well, I think it's simply because they don't want to feel different than anyone else. They don't want to be singled out, you know. When when you're at a young age, you want friends, you want to have fun, you want to be liked, and you don't want to lose those things. And I think a lot of young people are afraid of losing all of those things. I know when I was young, all all I really wanted was acceptance from others. And, and so that's why that would have been, and well, obviously you did tell people though, right? Oh, I did. Yeah. But for other people, it is hard. What do you think about that, Jamie? Um, I think when my sister was first diagnosed, she didn't really have as much of um, as as much as a fear of telling people that she had epilepsy. But as she got older um, and she got into junior high, um, she she kind of talked less and less about it because so many kids that were friends with her um, didn't know anything about epilepsy, and some of them were afraid they would catch it from her. Some of them didn't know how to 
how to sort of sort of deal with her, I guess. Um, they didn't know what to do when she had a seizure, and so they were kind of afraid of it. Um, and so she does talk about it, um, but the older she got, the less she talks about it. She really sort of opens up to her closer friends. But when she meets someone for the first time, it's not the thing that she just kind of jumps out and says, oh, by the way. So <clears throat> Because she sort of wants to wait to see what the situation is like. Am I correct? Correct. She's um, she's She's lost quite a few friends because they just don't know what to do and they're just scared of it. Um, and so she's just really careful around who she opens up to because she doesn't want to get close to someone and then, and then you know, tell them that, I, that she has epilepsy um, and then to be afraid and leave. Now, these friends, were these people that were close to her? Um, they were. A lot of her friends that she had in elementary school, um, once she got to junior high, because that was right around, right around when she was diagnosed, it was just harder for them. And because... They had known Aaron before she had, before she started having seizures, and then the Aaron uh, for the first couple of years she was having seizures. Her medications, uh, we went through so many different medications for her, and she had so many different side effects. And she was, one minute she was, you know, overloaded with excitement, and the next minute she was crying about little tiny things. Um, and it was really difficult for junior high kids to understand that and to fully comprehend that. And so I think. That's maybe why it, it wasn't because they were they were mean to her. It was just because they didn't understand and they didn't know how to how to relate, and so it was easier for them to sort of distance themselves from her. Boy, I'll tell you what, Jamie, you're nicer than I am <laughs> because I have to say, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future, <laughs> and you have to have friends, true friends. A true friend is with you no matter what. We'll be right back where we'll talk more. To Jamie Lowry and Tim Finnegan from Kids Speak Up, Speak Out with the Epilepsy Foundation. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability does matter. On voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. 
On Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, and if you just tuned in, we're talking to Tim Finnegan and Jamie Lawry from Kids Speak Up, Speak Out for the Epilepsy Foundation. I just want to say that Jamie just told us this story about how with her sister Erin, some of her friends dumped her when they saw that she was having these seizures. And I just want to say to Erin, you are a courageous young woman. Remember, Erin, they weren't your friends. They were never your friends. Get new friends. Whenever people do that, oh, that's so low. That's terrible. Because you know, it's not until it happens to you that you can realize what this is really like. So here we go. Uh, Jamie, we have a question for you from Linda in Michigan. And the question is, uh, Jamie, I have a question for you. Did you notice any problems? Now, in this case, Jamie, it would be with your sister, with the medication. And according to what you've been saying on the show, you she did have problems with that? She did. Um, she is on, I believe, medication number 12. Wow. Right now, as far as um, con- uh, controlling her seizures, um, what usually happens is the medication will work for a period of time, and then it'll 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 slowly stop to work, start stop working. Um, and she usually will go about six or seven months she's seizure free, um, and then she'll have a seizure. Um, and so the, the doctors will then just will take her back to the neurologist, and they'll decide if they want to up the dosage or put her on a new medication altogether. And so. She's experienced all kinds of side effects. Um, she's had mood swings. She's had periods of aggression. She had a loss of appetite. Um, it affected her learning capabilities. Um, she has a nonverbal learning disorder. And um, so that made it really difficult for her to concentrate in class. Um, and so we've experienced a lot of different side effects because of the medication. That's really been an uphill battle for us. And how about you, Tim? <clears throat> Did you have problems with medication? Uh, I'm not on medication anymore after going on the uh, ketogenic diet uh, eight years ago. But uh, whenever I was on medication, it was it was a problem because it did slow down my learning ability, and uh, I mean it, it totally took away like half of my energy on a day to day basis. See, this is what the problem is. I'm very blessed because I've been taking Dilantin. <clears throat> since 1985, with no side effects, no problems whatsoever. And that's, you know, I know a lot of people do have problems. But I want to say, if you're listening to the show today, if you are the way Tim just described, or what Jamie said about Aaron, you know, if you get in that zombie state or you're really exhausted, you've got to go back to the doctor and say you want new medicine. Don't settle. You can't settle. And you heard Tim mention about 
the uh, diet he was on. Do you want to explain that to them, what that is, Tim? The ketogenic diet is a high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet, which is a uh, minimum of two years. It's basically where you have to weigh out every part of your meal, eat the same meals almost every day. Uh, you drink four glasses a day of heavy whipping cream mixed with diet drinks, and it's no sugars. So right after that, is it's a series of uh, buildup of ketones that uh, stabilize the body and allow the body to somehow stop seizures. And, you know, that's great. It worked for you. It doesn't work for everyone. So that just as some medicine, like Dilanta works for me, doesn't work for everyone. That's why, remember, if you're listening to this show, <clears throat> don't do anything on your own. Go to a specialist. But remember, if you aren't satisfied, go to another specialist. Because medication, if it's wrong, can really send you in the wrong direction. You heard how much, what did you say, how many times, uh, Jamie, how many medicines for Aaron? Um, I'm pretty sure we're on medication number 11 or 12 right now. See what I mean? That's why you really have to be careful with that, and you really have to check that out thoroughly. Uh, well, we have a question right here from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, from Tony, for uh, both of you, and that is, in your case, Tim, who were your role models that provided such great courage to you to be an advocate? Uh, well, take this one on. My, my major role model in in my life is is my dad because he didn't exactly have a good childhood. In fact, I, I wouldn't even say that he had a real childhood. It was just so horrible, and uh, you know, just I look at that. And he didn't he didn't ever receive love and care that I did, but he still became a strong person, and that inspired me because I look at that, and in my situation, I had love and care. I just had a disability. How how worse off was I supposed to be before him? So he always inspired me to, to be better than what the present situation is at all times and always strive to do better than, than what you have. Wow, I'll tell you what. I bet he's really proud of you. And, you know, if you're listening to the show to these two young people, you should be trying to steal them, snatch them up for your company in the future because what great character they both have. How about you, uh, Jamie, who has been your role model? Um, I have to say my sister has really been my role model um, because from the very beginning, our whole family was sort of freaking out when she was first diagnosed, and Erin just said, oh, okay, can I still go do this, and I'm still going to do this. And You know, she, was, she's, she gives speeches in front of CEOs and businessmen from downtown Cincinnati, and... She um, she participated in Kids Speak Up, Speak Out a couple of years ago, and um, she did Shakespeare Camp this past week or this past summer and scored the lead in a play. Um, she's she's really just kind of she knows that she has seizures and every once in a while she gets upset about it, but other than that, she's really just okay. Anyway, back to whatever I was doing before that, um, and that really sort of inspired me to to get involved is because she knows she has them and she knows she has to take medication, but other than that. She does nothing to let it affect her life whatsoever. She is going to be so proud to hear you say that. <laughs> she is, and that is real. You are a great sister, Jamie. You know, other people would be so thrilled to have you as their sister. That is really great that you feel like that. Well, we'll start with you, Tim. What do you hope to achieve as a leader in the epilepsy movement? 
Well, I would just like to uh, start off by saying, firstly, I would like to see epilepsy covered under the American Disability Act. I know that there have been pushes for it for a long time, and there are a lot of people living out there that need assistance in any way possible, and especially as far as uh, covering medications and procedures go. Uh, and plus, I would like to see more people educated, maybe starting with, like, the younger years, because the more people that are educated, the less people will be hesitant to help someone that's having a seizure or things like that. Mm-hmm. And before we go any further, he is talking about the fact that we in the United States are trying to get the ADA Restoration Act signed by the president next year. So if you're listening to the show, know this. The Americans with Disabilities Act was authored by Tony Coelho, a man with epilepsy. And yet, over the past decade, several different Supreme Court rulings have weakened the ADA. And guess how they weakened the ADA? One of the disabilities that has been really impacted is epilepsy because if you are discriminated against but not having a seizure at that moment, then you are not viewed as having a disability. Is that ridiculous or what? So we are already have introduced in Congress, and now we're going to Senate to get the ADA Restoration Act passed. If you're listening to the show today, go to www.epilepsyfoundation.org, epilepsyfoundation.org, and read about the ADA Restoration Act so you can call your congressman and say, are you supporting the ADA Restoration Act? Make sure you call your senator. Go to their website. Remember, epilepsyfoundation.org. Okay, how about you, Jamie? What made you decide that, you know, not only do you want to be an advocate, but what do you think as a leader what have you decided would be the thing you want to be known for? I think education. I, I have to agree with Tim on that. I think that is the the basis for any sort of adv- adv- advocacy movement, I think. Um, and I, so I think that just just informing people of, of what epilepsy is and how it affects people and no, you can't catch it and no, you know, someone isn't demon-possessed and and things like that, and I think that education is the biggest thing, and there's so many people who don't know anything about epilepsy, and there's so many people who all that they know is what they see on TV. That is right. And you know what? I mean, what do you think would happen, Jamie, if in schools across the United States they did educate people? I think that the people in general would be surprised at how many people they know that do have epilepsy because generally when you look at my sister, you can't tell. You, you know, she doesn't have a big sign on her forehead that says, I have epilepsy. <laughs> so unless you see her with a seizure, having a seizure, you, you, you don't know. And I think that's the biggest thing is that people in America think that if you have epilepsy, then, you know, there's something wrong with you mentally. And I think that so many people would be surprised by um, by learning about it, how almost common of a thing it is. Because, like you said before, you know, three million Americans have epilepsy. Yeah, it is astonishing that people know more about Parkinson's and MS, and yet there aren't as many people with those disabilities as there is mm-hmm. people with epilepsy. How about you, Tim? What do you think would happen if they went to high schools across the country and taught kids about epilepsy? 
educated the more you see fear and stigma go away and we're going to be going to break but if you just joined us listen make sure you tell everyone you know about this show so other parents who have children with epilepsy or other young people with epilepsy can go back to my website or back to voiceamerica.com and listen to this show with these two great young people tim finnegan and Jamie Laurie. With Kids Speak Up, Speak Out for the Epilepsy Foundation, this is Joyce Bender, a woman with epilepsy, speaking on disability matters on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be back to close the show with Tim and Jamie. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. In today's society, we seem to be more concerned with being politically correct in our conversations than we are with talking about what is really on our minds. Let the Truth Be Told with host Michael Pittman and co-host Torrance Mathis is an open forum where people can not only say what's on their minds, but also reach out for advice and support free from scrutiny or harsh judgment. Let the Truth Be Told every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Central, and 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Hosting Commander in Change, Empowerment Coach, and International Speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. Voice America. 
Facebook.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And if you just joined us, we're talking to Tim Finnegan and Jamie Laurie. Kids Speak Up, Kids Speak Out for the Epilepsy Foundation. Two young people talking about epilepsy. So great they are. They are a treasure to this country. Well, Tim and Jamie, you've already done so much in your life. We'll start with you, Tim. What would you say you are pro- you're proudest of at this point in your life? Wow. <laughs> All these one-answer questions. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I'm very proud of the fact that I have been able to do a lot of things that people always told me that I would never do. Uh, I was able to overcome having seizures after going on the ketogenic diet for two years. I was able to be a starter for two seasons on my high school soccer team. And I recently was able to join a fraternity when people told me that because I had epilepsy and I couldn't drink alcohol, I couldn't make it in a fraternity. But that was never a factor. Unbelievable. You know what? I just have one comment. If for some reason someone has any disability, I don't care what the disability is, if they can't drink alcohol, that should not prevent them from being part of a fraternity. So that's what I have to say about that. How about you, Jamie? What are you proudest of? Oh, geez. Um, (laughs) I think my proudest accomplishment um, was the internship that I had. I actually um, was participating in Kids Speak Up, Speak Up, or Speak Out uh, this past April and was in a meeting with the congresswoman that I interned for. Um, she really liked my enthusiasm, and she liked um, my passion, and she offered me the internship while we were in the meeting. And so through that, I was able to um, attend hearings about the, the ADA Restoration Act, um, and I was able to speak with other members of Congress about that and um, meet some of the key co-signers for that, and I was able to actually talk with my own congresswoman about the benefits of that um, and I think that was my biggest accomplishment was being able to be in a setting like that where I'm more likely to make a bigger impact just because it is the center of our nation's government. Um, so I think that was it. Boy, that was really awesome. Did you meet Congressman Sensenbrenner or Congressman Hoyer? Um, I met Congressman Hoyer. He was yeah. walking by in the hallway, and I said hello to him. Um, and he stopped and turned around and shook my hand, and I thanked him for introducing um for, for introducing yeah. the bill itself. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really get to speak to him a lot. He was on his way to give a speech. Um, but I did get to, to meet him as he was walking by. Well, I just want to tell you what. They're both great people. But Steny Hoyer, Congressman Hoyer, is awesome. He's been fighting for people with disabilities for a very long time. And his wife who passed away, Judith, had epilepsy. Mm-hmm. He is really just a great friend to all people with disabilities. And Congressman Sensenbrenner, he is fantastic also. And his wife, Cheryl, is the chairman of the board of the American Association of People with Disabilities. So, you know, they are both really great people. But, yeah, that would be a really great experience for you. Well, okay, we have a few final questions here for you, Tim and Jamie. Here's one coming in from Harrisburg from a Melinda. And the question is, what advice would you give to parents of children with epilepsy? Tim, you go first. Okay. Um, well, for a, a parent, uh, you know, just finding out that their child has epilepsy is a huge thing, and uh, I would, I would say, 
in this age, you have all these different kind of ways to can to uh, keep the epilepsy under control through the vagus nerve stimulator medications. I would actually push for uh, parents to actually look into the ketogenic diet because it's a lot better route in the long-term run for uh, their child if they don't take the route of taking more and more medications. And uh, I would just like to see that happen. I, I experienced uh, brain surgery, and that didn't work for me. And it was just such a horrific event in my life that uh, I would just I would just like to see a lot of parents take the uh, ketogenic diet route. Yeah, and remember, uh, you have to get checked first by your doctor because some people cannot do the ketogenic diet just because of some other problems they may have. So you always have to get checked first before you do that. But um, obviously, it really worked well for Tim. And, yes, brain surgery is a horrific thing to go through, isn't it, Tim? It is. I know, because I had brain surgery. So that is really a difficult thing to go through. How about you, Jamie? What advice would you give to parents of a child with epilepsy? Um, I think, I think um, my biggest advice would just be to get educated, um, to learn as much as you can about it and to to reach out to um, affiliates around you of the Epilepsy Foundation. Um, my mom joined a support group of the Epilepsy Foundation for parents uh, with children who have epilepsy. And I know that helped her to um, to understand what was going on and to, to cope with the difficulties of watching your child go through something like this. Um, and the best way that she could be... Uh, learn how to be the best parent she could for my sister. And it also gave her connections to other parents in the area who have children who have epilepsy. Um, and it gives her someone to reach out to when, she just, when she's just struggling too much. Um, I think that's the best thing to do is to get educated and to get connected. Well, actually, the other question, again, another question from Philadelphia from Megan was, do you think that would help both of you the most was getting involved with an affiliate? What would you say about that, Tim? By affiliate, um, so you understand if you're listening to the show, an epilepsy office in your city. Go ahead, Tim. Well, it was a, it was a major impact in my life, and uh, to be a part of the uh, chapter in uh, South Alabama where yeah. we were stationed in Mobile, and it was it was a huge part of my life because uh, Caroline Foster and Mitch Garrett both helped me out tremendously in uh, finding alternate routes when uh, the brain surgery didn't work and my family and I had no other place to turn and uh, they were able to direct me to John Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore and uh, that is where you know first started on uh, the diet and they were just a, such a huge part of my life they got me involved in going to a special summer camp uh, known as Camp Aska, Alabama Special Camp for Children and Adults located in Jackson's Gap, Alabama and that was the uh, that was a huge part of my life growing up and just ways to get me involved and feel accepted. Well, that's good. Well, listen, I know, Jamie, you already told us how it helped you, but before the show is over, you both have to give me your message. What message would you like to leave with our listeners today, Tim? I'd like to leave everyone with the knowledge that there are a lot of people out there with epilepsy. We may be different because we have epilepsy, but we are no different than anyone else. And we can do the same things as any other person. And how about you, Jamie? Um, my message that I would like to leave um, 
is again how education is so important. Um, and if there's anything that you don't know about at all, the best thing to do is to get educated, especially when it comes to epilepsy, because the person sitting next to you at school or work could have epilepsy and you don't know it. Um, and what better idea than to be educated about something so you can help them in the future? All right, and our quote today is from Amy Lee, lead singer of Evanescence, who said, remember when I'm off stage, I look no no different than a person you may meet that has epilepsy, meaning that we all look the same, we just have different situations. And with that, I'm going to close the show. Thank you very much, Tim, and thank you, Jamie. Thank you. And to the rest of you, I wish you a happy holiday season. Remember, speak up. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.